is October 3rd, 2018, and this is another edition of the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. Every neighborhood has a heartbeat, a place that represents the cultural epicenter of the area at its core. In Boston's historic North End, that place is Boston Barber and Tattoo Company. Boston Barber and Tattoo Company has become home to A-list Boston celebrities like Gordon Hayward, Milan Lucic, Brad Marchand, Kelly, Aaron Baines. Boston Barber and Tattoo is more than just Boston's most well-known corner barbershop. It's also a tourist attraction for hundreds of thousands of people that visit the North End throughout the year. Boston Barber and Tattoo, a North End landmark that represents a cultural epicenter of the area at its core, located at 113 Salem Street in Boston. Happy NHL season, folks. The 2018-19 NHL season is finally here, and your Boston Bruins are going to be opening up in Washington, facing the Washington Capitals, the defending Stanley Cup champions, and hopefully looking to continue a trend of uh, Stanley Cup winners losing their opener after raising that banner there because of the sort of anticlimactic start. But we're going to get into that and so much more here on the Bruins beat, I am your host, Jimmy Murphy, and joining me uh, is our producer and our, our top grade intern, Evan Marinovsky, out in UMass Amherst, my alma mater. Evan, how you doing, buddy? I am doing great. Hockey season is upon us. I could not be happier. Uh, the world needs hockey. We got, playoff, we got playoff baseball right now. We have the start of hockey. I, I'll give and some love to the football. NBA. It's coming up. And football. Everything's yeah. just at once right now. And it's the Celtics, best time too. And, uh, of course, you can go to clnsmedia.com or check any of our, our Twitter handles because we've got the Celtics, the Bruins, the Red Sox, and the Patriots all covered for you in this wonderful time of year. I mean, this is the best time of year to be a sports fan, especially if you're a Boston sports fan, uh, as all these sports converge at once. And um, I'll, I'll tell you what, Evan, as, as we record this, it, it actually is the eve of the NHL season and, and to me right now it's like Christmas Eve uh, I, I'm I'm celebrating with a bottle of my my favorite cheap wine Mark West Pinot Noir I highly suggest it to anyone out there and yes Mark West you now owe us a uh, a couple free bottles or you could advertise with us but uh it's a great time of the year and you know I've been covering the Bruins for the last few days as they get ready here as their roster takes shape um and Evan you know it it's interesting. It's like, it's different. It's much different than the last two years because let's face it, even though the Bruins were coming off a playoff season uh, from 2017 where they lost to the Senators in six, you know, still, I don't care. They could pump it up as much as they wanted, but you weren't expecting much more last year. You knew that the future was bright. You knew that they were really making a lot of progress with their rebuild or retool, whatever you want to call it. Um, and it was great that they had made the playoffs uh, while doing that. But you also weren't going to be too upset if they took a step back and they didn't make the playoffs, right? And it was like, you, you understood that. I, I kind of reckon it to, to Montreal right now. I mean, I don't know if you've been following any of that Evan up there, but you know I listen to my buddies uh, from TSN 690 there, uh, Mitch Melnick, and, you know, I'm tight with a lot of people up there. And They're the best. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, they, surprisingly – despite the fact they just traded their captain and they, they blew up things, you know, and they don't have that great a team. They're giving some young kids a chance. Kokonami's going to, he's going to make it uh, and he's going to be on the starting roster when they face the Maple Leafs Wednesday night in Toronto. And, and it's sort of this similar feeling of hope and understanding that it could take a little time, but all of a sudden you have the Bruins go out last season and have this amazing regular season. They get 50 wins. It was only a second time in franchise history they did that. And, you know, so you're coming in. They go to the second round of the playoffs. They lose in five to the Tampa Bay Lightning, who, well, they might not admit it, were a better team. So I'm kind of okay with that. Um, but, man, I mean, they, they all of a sudden say, oh, hey, here's 112 points. We're, we're not rebuilding. We're at, at – Best, we're retooling. <laughs> Excuse me. And now they come into this season, Evan. 
And I think you, you could say that expectations are that they'll at least go into the second round. Would you not agree? No, they, I mean, that would be the assumption. Um, the only thing that I think could hinder that would be a lot of these guys who had incredible first years, Jake DeBrusque, Danton Hine, and Charlie McAvoy, possibly taking a step back. Um, obviously, this team hinges on a lot of younger talent. And if they have bad sophomore seasons, if Ryan Donato doesn't bounce back, you know, there's been worry at the end of preseason with Hyden and, and Donato, whether or not, you know, they're ready to have a good season, whether they're ready to get on that second line at all. If they take a step back, I think the Bruins as a team take a step back. And that would be what would prevent them from getting in the second round. I also think you look at the division, the division strengthened. I mean, the Sabres are a better team. The Panthers are a better team. The Maple Leafs are a better team. The Lightning you know, another year of a playoff disappointment, they're going to be hungry. The Atlantic Division is going to be tough. And Don't forget I, the Maple Leafs. And, well, I said the Maple Leafs. Oh, okay. I didn't hear you say it. Sorry. And so I just think there's a lot of competition in the Atlantic. I think it's a good assumption to think they'll go to the second round, but I would not be surprised if they didn't. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're right. It is going to be a tough division, and I, I'm with you. I wouldn't be surprised either if they take a step back. And the other thing to consider, like you're saying – a lot of these kids who had breakout seasons last year, they're not going to sneak up on anyone this year. I mean, the, you know, the books are out on, on these players, and they're going to have to adjust as teams have surely adjusted to them. They're going to have to get even better and not become complacent. But, you know, I think, you know, the expectations are there that they can do that. And, you know, I, I was lucky enough to have a one-on-one with Cam Neely the other day at Media Day for, uh, for the Bruins. And this is what he said about this year's expectations. Expectations, you know, we, you know, we expect to. I was like, we expect to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, we're a team that, that, you know, that that's our expectations. Obviously, we want to compete for the Stanley Cup and have a team that can win the Stanley Cup. But first and foremost is getting to the dance. Right. Um, and as I said earlier, I want us to see us improve as the season goes along. Um, the experience that some of these guys got last year playoff, I think, is only going to help us moving forward. Um, rarely do the player, you know, first time in the playoffs get to the finals. So, you know, you get you learn along the way of what it takes. You got your preseason, and then it gets ramped up to regular season. And then as the regular season goes along, it gets ramped up as you're heading towards the playoffs. And then, as you know, the playoffs are a whole other animal. So, uh, for some of our young guys to experience that last year, I think it's, it's going to benefit them and the team this year. If you wear contact lenses and find yourself dreading that annual appointment to renew your prescription, then you're going to love Simple Contacts. It's a great new company that makes this annoying process very well simple. Simple Contacts lets you renew your expired contact lens prescription and reorder your brand of lenses from your phone or computer in minutes. Simple Contacts brings the doctor's office to wherever you are, whenever you need it. You can take the Simple Contacts vision test online in five minutes. A real doctor reviews it and renews your prescription. You save time, you save money, and you save yourself a headache. And if you have an unexpired prescription, just upload a photo of it or your doctor's info and order your lenses in minutes for a great price. They do all the hard work for you. This is vision care for the 21st century. Simple Contacts offers every brand of lenses and their prices are unbeatable. The prescription is just $20. Compare that with an annual appointment, which can be up to $200 without insurance. And they have some of the best prices on contacts and shipping is free. Best of all, my listeners will get $20 off their first Simple Contacts order. To save $20 on your lenses, just go to simplecontacts.com slash BruinsBeat or enter the code BruinsBeat at checkout. I want to mention that this isn't a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam. You still need those occasionally, but it is the most convenient way to renew a prescription and reorder your contacts if your vision hasn't changed. Again, check out Simple Contacts and get $20 off by going to simplecontacts.com slash Bruins Beat, or just enter the code Bruins Beat at checkout. Give it a try and thank me later. So, I mean, nearly realistic there, but also, you know, optimistic. And I, and I think that's kind of the gist I, I was getting from him throughout the conversation was that, you know, again, this cautious optimism. And I, I don't think by any means that they think they're instantly going to the conference finals because they made the second round last year or they're going to the Stanley Cup. But I'll tell you what, Evan, I mean, they could. And I think their chances will increase uh, if some of these, you know, younger wingers can take it to the next level and provide the scoring. We're yet to see who's going to emerge on that second line. 
uh, that they need alongside David Krejci to make for a, a, a contending top six. Because right now, as constituted, I don't think their top six is a legit Stanley Cup tender top six. Um, I don't know your take, but I, I, I just think I think they're solid. But I don't think they're legit, legitimate Stanley Cup contenders yet. No, I don't. And I think the you look at the again, you look at the teams in the Atlantic Division. They all added pieces this offseason. The one team out of the contenders in the Atlantic that lost pieces were the Bruins. I mean, they added John Moore, Chris Wagner, Yaroslav Halak. They lost Rick Nash. They lost uh, a staple on that. That second line. Now they have to put in a younger guy like a Danton Heinen or Ryan Donato, who, you know, Heinen was inconsistent last year. Donato, we only saw a small sample size from. Are these guys actually going to be ready to step up and play second line minutes? You also have to factor in Krejci. Looks like he's on the downtrend. And then DeBrusque is solid on that left side. So they don't have a, a, a legit top six. They have a legit top three with Pasternak, Marchand, and Bergeron. I mean, you could make an argument. I, I think it is the best line in hockey. But, you know, they can't be on the ice the whole game. The second line matters. And right now there is not the staple on that right side. And truthfully, I don't see them as a Stanley Cup contender. The other day, Greg uh, – It's currently constituted, right? It's currently constituted. I mean, yeah. the other day – uh, Greg Wyshynski, I'm definitely butchering that name, from ESPN tweeted out the locks, uh, playoff locks from each conference. You actually nailed it. Nice job. Well, so did I really? Yeah. That's crazy. I, it's the ski at the end because I'm a ski as well. Um, with the East, he said Pittsburgh, Washington, Philadelphia, Toronto, and Tampa. And I tweeted this. I said, I don't agree. I, I think I'm with him that the Bruins are not a lock for the playoffs. I think they'll make it. I don't I don't think they're a lock, though. But I don't see how Philadelphia would be a lock in his uh, little grouping because I just well, think the goaltending's bad. If, I, I'll tell you, man, that's a good sleeper team to jump on right now. It, I think it, seriously, the, the Flyers right now, they're about to do what the Bruins did last year. They're about, and they did it a bit. I mean, they made the play, but they're, they, they might be a little ahead of where the Bruins are in terms of realizing their potential. They are so stacked prospect-wise. I mean, I think the Bruins have more prospects coming, but at the NHL level, I think the Flyers are a bit ahead of the Bruins are, are they right may now. Be, they may be. They may be. The they may be, but they, Brian Elliott is not taking them far. Yeah, but he won't be the guy. They'll, they'll be, Carter Hart will be, and for all you fantasy hockey people out there right now, especially if you're you know, in, in one of those leagues where – you can keep the players, um, you know, get on top of Carter Hart right now. I'm sure he's available as a free agent. Grab him now. He will be the starter in Philly by December. You I think? guarantee it. Huh. This kid's the real deal, man. Like, I, I'm very high on Philly this year, and we'll get to that later in my NHL predi- predictions, but I am extremely high in the Philadelphia Flyers. I'm not, and we can get to that later. It, except – uh, what the hell is that goddamn mascot? Gritty. Gritty, gritty looks like Yuppie on acid. I love Gritty. I he love looks Gritty. looks like Yuppie from Montreal on acid. That's what I he like him. I like Gritty. You like Gritty, huh? Yeah, that's, that's the reason I think. So, I, no, I understand you go to UMass, man, and, and, you know, the drugs are good up there. But, you know, you got to lay off, man. Come on. I, well, <laughs> I Love gritty. That's all I'll say. I'm not going to go into drug details, but I will you're, say. You're, you're getting gritty with it this year, huh? Getting gritty with it, of course. <laughs> you have to. There needs to be some life in the NHL, man. Everyone's so bland and dry. You need a little fun. All right. Well, listen, let's get into, uh, let's get into our, you know, some of the predictions we're going to make right now for this Bruins season. And we'll also give you some NHL ones. Um, one of the things I was texting back and forth with you today is, I want to give you you to give me your best for your your best forward for this upcoming season, your best defenseman, and then a breakout player. Uh, so let's let's start with the forward position. Uh, who do you think is going to be the best forward for the Boston Bruins this year? So, it for me, it's really one of three people. I went with David Pasternak. I think he's going to be the best guy. He's going to – I mean, he's, he's already shown signs of being incredible thus far in his career. I mean, there's not a lot of proving he needs to do. But, I, you know, I'm not saying that Marchand or Bergeron will do bad by any means. 
But you and know, Evan, Parsonat, Evan, before you go on, it is interesting you bring up Parsonat because he did ask me to deliver this to our listeners. So uh, just give a listen here. Hey, this is David Parsonat. Can you listen to the Bruins beat? All right. So, I mean, there you go, man. I mean, he's showing us the love. You got to show him the love back, right? I'm sure. You know what? I'm returning the favor. He pats my back. I pat his. There no you go. 80 points, though, last year for him. I think he's only going to get better. I think Marshand is a guy who, uh, you know, he had the issues at the end of last year. I think the, they had the meeting with him. I think it's got to his head. I think his point production will go down. Hot take. I think Marshand's production will go down this you year. You think it will go down, but you're, but you're saying because it got to his head? Or are you thinking, like, see, I'm with you, Evan. Are you, are you trying to say that because he may try to curb his game? Yes. And not Yes, walk, 100%. Right. Then his overall That's game part of his suffer, game. right? Part of his game is playing on the edge. And because yeah, part of his game is being a fan Yes, and, part, and the reason that that's gone, he said it in his Players' Tribune article, he got to where he is now because he's a pain in the ass. And now that's gone. Now the team has said you can't do that to a point. Okay. And it's like, so that's going to play a factor to him. And Bergeron – isn't a high point production guy anyways. He'll be great. He'll be a Selkie finalist again. But well, I'm not, not, Evan, I don't want you to misunderstand me. I'm not necessarily talking point wise. I'm saying no, I know. I'm just I'm together, just saying your best guy. Pasternak. Yeah, Pasternak. I think it'll be David Pasternak. Okay. So you got Pasternak. Well, um, yes. I'm gonna go. You know, this is tough for me because I really do want to say Bergeron because I, I, I think, you know, Don Sweeney put it best the other night, and I wish I I didn't get the, the bite. For us here, it was. Uh, I didn't record that press conference. I only recorded uh, the scrums afterwards. Um, but he did say that you know what they use Patrice Bergeron as a barometer uh, for every other player in the team, and, and they say you know look, you want to succeed in the NHL, you want to stay here and play in Boston and be a great player for us. That's who you got to play like. And you know he's just. If he's not a short fire Hall of Famer, I don't know what is. I mean, the kid. And, I agree. And on top of that, he's the nicest guy in the world, the classiest guy. Um, he's just got a heart of gold. I mean, he's he's everything you want in an NHL player and in a professional athlete and a human being. And that's that's how I feel about Patrice Bergeron. I, I mean, in other words, he's perfect. Yeah, he is, and I, I do think he will be one of their best players uh, this year. Um, but I'm gonna. You think have they to retire number thirty-seven? What's that? You think they retire number thirty-seven? Well, if they don't, I mean, they're on crack. Like it's just there's no way. I mean, if he's a he's a surefire Hall of Famer, they better retire number thirty-seven the second he retires. Like once he says, "Hey, this is it for me," they start getting that banner night or that you know they hang that number nine up there, get it going, announce it right away. I mean, don't ever do what you did with a. Uh, Rick Middleton. I mean, it's a crime how long they waited to retire his number, and thank God they're going to do it this season. Um, but please, or Phil Esposito too. You can go back and check the stories, I and mean, there was a lot of bad blood there. But of course, I mean, there's no bad blood. Nobody can not like Patrice Bergeron, so I don't think that's going to be an issue. His number will go right up there. Uh, but I'm just telling you, like, I think he again will be their best overall player. Okay, mm-hmm. but. I'm with you on Pasenek. I, I think David Pasenek could hit the century mark this year. In terms of, uh, yeah. I really do. 100 I, points. I think, I I think that David So I'm saying best all-around player, Patrice Bergeron, but I'm going to put an asterisk and say most points. I'm going to say David Pasenek with 105 points this year. Wow. I, you know, I don't know if it's 105, but I would put him between 95 and 105. That's what I would say. All right. And, and the reason, too, another guy that I want to mention, who I think's in for a really big year, and he's been due, and they need it right now, and everybody's kind of written him off, and there's been trade rumors all around him, uh, especially when they, you know, they were looking at John Tavares and trying to sign him, obviously because of cap issues. People speculated they might have to, they might have to trade David Krejci, who's known nothing else than the Boston Bruins. And uh, I talked to him the other day, Evan, as you saw. I mean, we we had it, we put it out on the at Bruins CLNS, and it's on our website. But you know, I I asked Don Sweeney about it. Don Sweeney said that they had a conversation, they cleared the air, 
And then I got crazy one-on-one after that, and he explained what went down uh, after those rumors are really, as he admitted to Joe Haggerty midway through the summer, really bothering him. So this is what Krejci had to say about that. It's funny you just said that. We were just talking to Donnie upstairs and we were talking to you. And, you know, he said out um, when those, that story came out, we were talking about, you know, what was going on with Tavares there and people were writing you and saying, oh, you might get traded. He said he had a good talk with you and said, look, you know, we want you here. Did you come away from that meeting happy? Uh, yeah, I mean, we, uh, sometimes it's better to address the elephant in the room, right? Uh-huh. Uh, I'm not saying there was one. Um, things got probably taken out of context, but um, we talk about it and, uh, and it, it's all good. Um, I don't blame anyone for anything. I never did. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm happy here and I'm, I'm excited uh, for the new season. So, you know. The elephant apparently has left the room, and I think the elephant, or let's say the monkey, has been lifted off the shoulder or the back of David Krejci. I think David Krejci's going to have a great year. Uh, I don't. I don't. No, I, I do. Don't. I and think he's, he's... going to be – well, in order for Pasternak to have a good year, because I think unless they go out and they make a trade to get another top six winger – I think that you're going to see – I know they're starting with that awesome line, arguably the best line in the league last year, Marshan, Pasnack, and Bergeron. But i got a feeling that Pasnack drops down to the Krejci line, and I think those two are going to light it up. And I see a big, big year for the two of them. Uh, probably one of Krejci's best years since 2009. I, yeah, see, I, I just don't see them breaking up the first line, and I right you might now have, you I, might have no choice, Evan. No, I agree, but I just don't see them doing that. I they're gonna rotate young guys through that right side on Krejci's line. That's my that's what I think. Now, when it comes to Krejci, I don't think he's gonna have a break a a, a huge year. I, I, right now, I look at him as a little mentally soft because right now he basically came out and said he was having problems with people DMing him on Instagram. What I would tell him to do is just get off Instagram. Just don't look at them. Like, there are trade rumors about every player. I mean, look at Rask. You don't see look him complaining Krug. about – Look at Krug. You don't see them complaining about getting Instagram DMs. So just don't look at it. Be bigger than that. You're in Boston. The media presence and the, the fandom is so big. Well, you can that look at it. Not affect Let's you. get a shrink. Don't, don't, yes. don't, don't, don't. mention the media about it. I agree exactly. with you. Exactly. But that's I, how I David Krejci is, man. I mean, I had this conversation with Hags – you know, today walking into practice and I was like, you know, you see what Craig said about everything. And he's like, yeah, but he goes, you know, he goes, that's why we love him, man. I mean, as a reporter, we love him because he's blunt, you know, and he doesn't hold back. But at the same time, I agree with you. And I'm sure management doesn't like how honest he is with us. uh, And they probably prefer he didn't say that publicly. Yeah. I just, I don't think Craig is going to have a breakout year, but if Pasternak does go down, then obviously something... Well, it wouldn't be a breakout because he's proven himself. But I know... Well, mean. yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. But we'll see. I, I just... I'm, I'm thinking big things. I'm with you on the pass and thing there. Let's look at the D. Who you got out of the D? And again, it doesn't have to be points or goals or, or any of that. Like, I mean, I'm just saying overall, who's your best defenseman this year? And I, I, I got a feeling we're going to be on the same page. So my best defenseman would be Charlie McAvoy. Yes, so my breakout player is much different. And he um, already broke out. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, no, McAvoy's broken out a ton. I think that he's going to have a great year this year. And no, by the way, did you, did you saw the interview I did with him when he's talking about trying to be like Drew Doughty, right? Of course. And I mean, get you hyped up. Oh, when you see a young kid who studies other players like that, right, and, and really just knows the game, he's a student of the game, and he's so young, that's a great sign. I mean, if you're Don Sweeney or you're Bruce Cassidy, you're Cam Neely, you know, you're any of the, the Bruins coaching and management staff, and you, you hear that or you see that, that's such a good sign. You're like, this kid gets it, man. He understands it. He knows what he's got to do to succeed, and he is. I mean, let's face it, Charlie Franchise. That's what they got to start calling him because he is the next franchise player, I think. You know, one might argue with Patterson that gets 100 points, then maybe that's him, but he, he's a franchise defenseman for sure, and I'm with yeah. you on that. 
every team, every good playoff team needs a good, solid backbone defenseman. And he's their guy for the next 12 years, I would say. I mean, he, he does everything right. He's great in his own zone. He moves the puck really well. He's a great skater, hard shot, can score, can pass, can pretty much do everything. I think he's a guy who I think he will lead them to their next Stanley Cup. Yeah. That's my opinion. I think that he is so good on that back end, and he's going to be such an anchor that he will have that same impact that Drew Doughty had on the Kings. All right. I'm with you, man. I think that's a great prediction, and I think it, it can very well happen. I, I, I don't think it's – I don't think, like, he's overconfident saying that he wants to be like that guy and that he – I think he can be, and I think he will be. Breakout player, I know, as we were talking off air, uh, you know, we might be on the same page here um, because, well, I think last year we could agree it was Jake DeBrusque and the breakout player came from the forward group. We both kind of see a defenseman here, though I am going to give a, uh, a sort of sleeper breakout pick. I don't know if that's like a double negative or something, but a, a sleeper <laughs> breakout pick uh, as well. But you go first. Who do you got? I have Matt Grizzlick. I think Grizzlick, it showed a lot of promise last year. I mean, he's a, an incredible skater. If you watch his edge work, you watch the way that he moves the puck up quickly. He is just what Bruce Cassidy wants in that system. Um, he would not have lasted under Claude, but under, under Cassidy, I think he is very good uh, under his system. Uh, the reason I think he's going to be a breakout player is that, you know, I saw this tweeted today. Grizzlick was getting first power play reps. And I think with Krug's injury, Grizzlick's sort of going to start to be groomed as the next Tory Krug. I think, you know, he has a lot of similarities to Krug. He's small, he's fast, um, good shot, offensive, moves the puck well, all that stuff. And I think that Grizzlick is going to become closer to Tory Krug this year. He won't have, you know, 50 points. But I think in terms of points, I think you could see him between – 25 and 35. I know it's a big range, but I think for Grizzlick, that's a solid ballpark to be in because I think he has that total potential. Um, and, you know, a lot of people worry about him playing this year. But I think with Krug's absence now, this really gives him a chance. Yeah, I mean, Krug's out basically himself. for the first month of the season, in case anyone listening has been in a cave for the last week and doesn't know. But, I mean, uh, Krug is out pretty much the first month of the season. And the poor guy, he's, he's had such a tough injury luck. He comes back from – uh, off-season surgery and the, the broken leg last year and the, and the NIS, you know, and he, he admitted to that the trade rumors around him got to him a bit, but he like laughed it off. And I think he knows that the reason his trade rumors around Tory Krug isn't because the Bruins don't want him. I think it's because, I mean, and if you do the math, it, it's, it's the salary cap and, and, it is no offense to Tory Krug. It's the fact that they look at it and they say, like you just said, Grizzly could come in and, and kind of replace some of those power play points and some of that offense that Krug has. And, of course, Charlie McAvoy, I think, I think they're gearing for Charlie McAvoy to become that number one quarterback of the power play in the first unit there. That's what they're looking to do. And then you see Grizzly maybe slide into the second. And, and I'm with you there that Grizzly could be the breakout guy. Um. But here's the other thing, and this is why, as I said in uh, my latest for Featured.io, and I urge you to check it out there, I did uh, five players that could be traded by the holiday freeze once teams really figure out what's going on, you know, around Thanksgiving or something. And I think especially right now, with Tory Krug out for the first month of the season, Don Sweeney is going to get a glimpse of what life could potentially be like without Tory Krug. Right, and he's good. He, guy like Grizzly is going to have a chance, but here's my breakout guy, my man, and there's a reason they signed him to a five-year deal, and he's coming in at such a reasonably cap, a reasonable cap hit, and that is John Moore. Boom. Okay, two point seven million for the next five years. He was great in Jersey. Admittedly, he told me today he's got to really shore up the defensive side of his game. A lot of Jersey fans have been texting me and, you know, hit me up on Twitter saying he's going to get your points, but he's a nightmare. Cole Julian probably would have went into cardiac arrest in the first game had he had him. Oh, God, yeah. Okay, but um, John Moore, 
That's my breakout player. And I don't know. You could kind of sit. This is why I meant, like, I don't know if he's really breakout because I think he had a breakout season last year. Obviously, it earned him a five-year deal you know, in Boston when he was playing with the Devils last year. But I, I think in terms of what player might emerge as a potential replacement for Tory Krug, and I, I, I'm sorry, Bruins fans, again, and I'm sorry, Tory Krug. I think he's a great guy. I think he's awesome. I hope they don't trade him. I hope they can figure out a way to keep all of these guys. But I think he's gone eventually. And I think that's I think John Moore was brought in, and that's, that's what's going to happen this year. John Moore is going to show that, you know what, life won't be hell without Tory Crook. It's also just like in, in sports in general. I mean, if you have someone who can do close to the same thing as someone and make less money, you're going to go with that guy. You're not going to go with the guy who makes a ton that more money guy. and do a little yep. bit more. So that's really, I think, what, what it comes down to. You missed my John Gruden reference there. I think that went right over my head. <laughs> you ever watch Monday Night Football, bud? Yes, I do. I watch <laughs> I, Joe Tessitore, my new favorite broadcast. Yeah, well, I, I, miss, I miss John Gruden every Monday saying, let me tell you about that guy. You know, so. I did, that, that totally went over my head. I'll be honest. Okay. All right. Well, you know. But I do miss John Gruden on those broadcasts. Yeah, I, I think John Gruden misses being on those broadcasts, but that's for our football <laughs> yeah, guys. That <laughs> is true. That's <laughs> atrocious, but that's for uh, another podcast. And another guy I see potentially being traded, and I hope he doesn't get traded before uh, New Year's Day, is um, – Grask. No, Bjork. <laughs> I'm kidding. You know why you know why Bjork's hoping he makes it at least until New Year's Day, right? Because he wants to go play at Notre Dame. Exactly. He, I mean, Bruins he, haven't thrown that in our face enough. Uh, he was talking about it again today. I mean, it's somebody I think it was Kevin Paul DuPont was asked. No, it was uh, the other day at Media Day. And, you know, he lit up. And he was great. He was actually telling us tailgating stories. <laughs> for really? Teams at Notre Dame. Yeah. I mean, I hope he makes it. I just – I don't know. It's not, I just – they got a lot of young forwards, and he might be one of the odd men out there. That's a whole nother podcast. We'll talk about that later. So you know, when um, I think wait, when I think of telling great tailgate stories at UMass to people, the first person I think of is Kevin Paul Dupont. I want to ke- tell dupes everything that goes on at UMass tailgates. That that that'd be like my goal person to tell them about it. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Maybe I well, like we said, I might be coming out my birthday weekend, so we might oh, have. There some we go. Tell dupes after that. We shall see. Oh, we'll tell dupes. He can write. All right. So it. we'll see, my friend. I gotta see uh, what what my lady Monica wants to do, but uh, that's very much an option uh, for my birthday. Uh, and we will have to get Antonio's pizza, even if it's not gluten free. The best. Did it have gluten free yet? I have no idea. I don't go there enough to see if there's a gluten. Oh, that used to be man. Stories I could tell you about that, but uh, maybe we'll create a whole podcast about my UMass adventures. Or like I said oh, recently, I'm thinking of writing a book, so you'll find out there. There we and go. Promote, promote your book on here. It's, I yeah. Let's, uh, let's get into uh, bigger predictions. Here. Well, first of all, how, we both agreed we could see them making a second round, the Bruins, that is, but we're not going to be shocked if they don't. Could you see no. them not making the playoffs? Let me ask you that, Evan. Ah, uh, that's tough. I they're gonna make the playoffs. That's a tough I mean, division, they, though. It's tough, but like uh, the the Sabers have a real chance of not doing well because they're the Sabers, and the Panthers are I good. Think, well, but we're gonna get into them in a second. But they're still the Panthers. I think overall the Bruins end up making it. They're not a lock, but I think they're gonna end up making it. I don't see a real way they don't make the playoffs i see a way they regress i mean i think they will regress they'll go to third in the atlanta what if patrice bergeron's injury stuff just continues oh well then that i mean yeah it's a very good possibility i would say there's a very good chance they don't make it if patrice bergeron's out i don't all right so that that's a big x factor obviously i'm with you i think they make the playoffs but let's get into our nhl predictions and i'm telling all you gamblers out there right now you want to value team to ride through the season it's going to be an underdog all the time and of course uh as you all know i'm sorry i'm writing for uh sports book review now and uh sbr and you know and and by the way go there it's sportsbookreview.com we just uh we did a great video there uh talking about the values you can get of underdogs and some of the favorites but one the team i said who's my huge sleeper pick, okay? All so right. much so, Evan, this team you just mentioned 
those Florida Panthers. Oh, that's not a bad point. Okay. I got them falling just shy of the Stanley Cup final and making the conference really? final. They really? are a surprise everyone. This team's been coming. At, and, and the only reason they haven't made a deep run in the playoffs over the last few years is because they decided that Tom Rowe was their man and their ownership decided they were going to, you know, dangle into uh, player personnel and all that and, and just didn't let Dale Talon do his job. And they learned the hard way. Well, they learned. And they saw in that final stretch run last year, and amazingly so, it came, you know, after, you know, our heart goes out to them after the, the shooting there at Stoneman Douglas. That, that team and that city rallied together. And, I mean, the Florida Panthers down the stretch were one of the hottest teams in the NHL. Don't forget that. And that's going to carry over now because they've got so many amazing, skilled young players that are about to break out. We're talking about breakout players on the Bruins. There's about 10 of them on the Panthers that are ready to just burst onto the scene. Watch out for the Florida Panthers. That's my sleeper team. I, you know, I like that. I, like, I think the Panthers – Jonathan Huberto, Bugstad, Barkoff, Mike Matheson. Come on, man. They're, they're stacked. Aaron Ekblad. I agree. I just I don't think they're gonna go that close to the Stanley Cup. I think they'll make the playoffs. I just don't think they're gonna go that close to Stanley Cup. But but it's sleeper teams and I, I just uh Luongo and Nat, it's he's good, but I mean I guess he could go on a run. I just mm, that's a tough team to get behind, but I see it. My sleeper team Okay my sleeper team from the east would be the Columbus Blue Jackets. And I don't even know if I'd call them a Really? So yeah. You're not worried I, about the dark clouds that are Sergei Bobrovsky and uh, Artemi Panarin and the fact that both of them are pretty much said, we're not coming back. We're hitting the market next July. You don't think that's going to be a dark cloud over that team? It could be a dark cloud, but I foresee brighter skies because I see them wanting to win it in their last year there. If it is their last year, I think that they have a legit crew. They're playing for contract, right? So, I mean, you would think they want to rip it up, right? So Yeah, exactly. So you have guys like Panarin, Wierenski, uh Alexander Wenberg. You have Nick Foligno, who's still there. Uh, Seth Jones on the back end. You have Cam Atkinson. The Not for the next month, have... though. Remember that for everyone out there. He yes. Heard yes. For the first month, basically. That That'll is hurt. true. You, you make a good point, though. And if you're Yamo Kikalanian, right, the GM there, and former Bruin, actually, former teammate of Don Sweeney, by the way. You pronounced that perfectly, by the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hint, hint, hint. Maybe they talk a lot. Who knows? Artemi Panarin, what? Um, but, oh, what was that? But say he keeps them. Maybe his plan is, is to say, look it. I'm in one of these smaller markets right now. I feel like I've got the nucleus to do it. These guys are going to be pissed off, wanting a contract. They don't have it yet. And, they, you know, they're not, maybe they can just channel it all into, into huge years and parlay it into the big contract they want. And if they leave, they leave. So maybe I go out and I use some of because he's got a ton of prospects, right? I mean, he's got a good system. He's got some good young players on that roster. Maybe he says – you know what? I'm going for it. And he takes some of those prospects and he gets a player of Panarin's caliber to go with Panarin and goes for it. So you might be onto something there, Evan. You never know. Maybe that's his grand plan. Yeah. No, I think they'll be good. And they, they're just a solid all-around team. And, you know, with contract years coming up. And, and I'm a Tortorella fan. I know a lot of people aren't. but Yeah, no, he's done, he's done a solid job with that team. And, you know, they, they've been going to the playoffs and kind of coming up short every year, just like the Capitals did last year. At some point, they got to break through. they got to break through. You have to think. Yeah. All right, so I've given you my East, my West sleeper team. I'm going with the Arizona Coyotes. That quickly. Mm-hmm. All right, so go back, check the stats. Antiranta was uh, the third best goalie in the last 25 games of the year last year. I saw that. I actually – I just saw that. That was crazy. Sleeper pick for your fantasy drafts if you haven't done one yet. I mean, I'm sure you probably did by the time you listen to this. But if you're doing a late one, good sleeper pick there. They go out, they get Galchenyuk, okay? He's going to be their number one center once he's back from his injury. I think he's going to miss the first week or so. They get Derek Stepin as their second center. 
They've got a ton of young players coming. Of course, they've got Oliver ekman Larson, who could be a Norris Trophy candidate. You never know. He's, he's, he's so the, good. He's so underrated, too, I mean, because he's in Arizona, right? Um, exactly. And I, I really think that the, the future Houston franchise in the NHL uh, could oh. make the playoffs this year. Huh. Yes, I, I just dropped you a little nugget there, but we'll – Houston, I like that. Well, so I, I like the Coyotes. I don't. Th- I think they'll be good in the next th- two to three years. I don't think this will be their year uh, to to really kind of sneak into the playoffs. My Western Conference sleeper team. They made the play. They just snuck in the playoffs last year over the St. Louis Blues. Would be the Colorado Avalanche. They mm. are nasty. They got some players. Um, Nathan McKinnon's great. And they're getting they're getting no luck from Vegas, man. I'll tell you that from the sports book review stuff I've been doing. Absolutely yeah. no respect, man. They're telling they they say they said the majority of uh, odds makers in Vegas have them making a twelve point regression this year. Really? Yeah. Huh? I mean, Apparently, they like- just they they don't watch hockey and they don't pay attention. No, because like yeah, this team, dude, this team's got so many young stars. Oh, and by the way. They're probably going to get the number one pick because they own Ottawa's first round pick. Exactly. Trade. <laughs> they, they, oh, I love, I love the fact that Matthew Shane just jumped off at the complete wrong time. I mean, yeah. I think that, that that is a whole story in itself. But when you look at the team, I mean, McKinnon, Miko Rintanen, yep. Gabriel Scott, you have Tyson Barry on the back end, old friend Carl Soderberg. Can't forget that guy. Uh, I think he's still the there. One-eyed monster. The, the, the angry one-eyed Swede, as one Mike Felger used to call him. I just think it's a good team. I think they're going to make a run for it in the West. Um, and then like also you have, you have Kale McCarr coming up the pipeline, you know, probably next year, not this oh, year. Oh, by the way, where's he go? Uh, one UMass Amherst. That's right. That's right. Uh, Evan, you know what? Tearing up Hockey East this year. It's going to happen. Evan, we're going to do some UMass talk in the podcast uh, as we go on in the season, all right? We're definitely going to do that. We have to. They, they earn it. They deserve it. And we They're should your talk. sleeper team in the hockey. East. But I'm with you on Colorado. I, I, I definitely think they're on some. And, of course, I mean, McKinnon, man, is a hard trophy candidate in my eyes. Again. So yeah. Oh, and by the way, another sleeper pick, if you want him in fantasy, another goalie, Philip Grubauer, who was a backup for uh, Braden Holpe in Washington, won a cup. Um, but, you know, obviously was never going to start there for the foreseeable future. So, you know, good move by Washington. They deal him there. Oh, and they dealt Brooks Orpik too there, and then they, they got him back at a cheaper price after Colorado bought him out. But Grubar is a guy to watch. I think he might take over the starting reins from Varmilov, and I know that for a fact, talking to scouts over the last two weeks, uh, the Avs are talking trade when it comes to Varmilov. Uh, so that's something. Are they really? Huh. Didn't you also say they were looking for a puck-moving defenseman? They are, which, look, I agree with everybody on Twitter who blasted me after that and laughed at me and said, why would they need that when they got, like, four of them? I agree with you. I don't know. But I'm just telling you what the scouts tell me, you know, because yeah. the other day when, when we didn't know if Matt Grizzlick was hurt, I made a few calls and texts, people around the league, uh, some, some assistant GMs and some scouts, and I said in so I read into this and like, they're like, yeah, I mean, we haven't heard he's hurt, but we definitely know. I mean, you know, his name gets brought up a lot. And I said, well, who would be a team? And one of them said Colorado. So there you go. I, I'm just, you know, I'm not making stuff up out of thin air for people out there that think I am. I'm not, you know, and that, that was told to me by somebody legit. So I don't know why they would be. Maybe they don't believe in some of the young guys they have right now, or maybe they think, one of them, maybe, like Barry, maybe he's going to cost too much money down the line. You know, so they want a cheaper option. Who knows? But, um, yeah, watch off of Armaloff there in Colorado because I think Gruber takes over by the halfway mark. Yeah, that's a, I, I, I could totally see that happening. Hey, Boston sports fans, do you want to get killer seats to see your favorite team for the price of beer or a large pizza? Well, go to oneinahundred.com. That's oneinone100.com. Feeling lucky? Try it out now. The cost to potentially score tickets with 1 in 100 is a small fraction of the actual ticket price. You can score a pair of tickets for less than the actual cost of a beer. Your first raffle ticket is free after signing up, and the experience of using 1in100.com, which is extremely fun and exciting, is that you get to pick your lucky number to the feeling of potentially scoring 
premium tickets. So feeling lucky? Go to oneinahundred.com right now. That's one in one zero zero dot com. All right, my man. Well, let's uh, let's do our final thing here, and we're gonna give our Stanley Cup finalists and the eventual winner, uh, Evan. What you got? So I, this is you're gonna hate me, but I have two. I have my one that I has the best chance of happening, and the second one is like this. I guess your sleeper cup pick. So my the one that I think is the best chance of happening is Tampa Winnipeg. And I, I just think Tampa every year comes up short of the finals. This year they're finally gonna do it. Winnipeg is just so damn good all around. Um and who takes it? Like, I would go with Winnipeg. I think Winnipeg has oh, star so power. You're you're oh, our Canadian listeners are gonna love you. So you're saying the cup returns to Canada for the first time since the Montreal Canadiens hoisted in nineteen ninety-three. Yes, I do. I think the Winnipeg alive then? What's up? Were you alive then? No, I was I was born in 1999. Wow. Wow. So, for the first time in Evan Marinovsky's lifetime, <laughs> the Stanley Cup was never see a by a Canadian team. That was my goal. Wow. There you go, buddy. Now, who's your who's your sleeper cup pick? So, my sleeper cup pick is the Blue Jackets and the Sharks. I don't think the Sharks are sleeper. But I think the Blue Jackets are just, as I said earlier, they're my sleeper team. Okay. And then the Sharks, um, with Eric Carlson and Brent Burns back there, it's hard not to get behind that. All right. So I'm taking, uh, for my Stanley Cup final, the San Jose Sharks over the Boston Bruins. So I do have, I've got the Boston huh? Bruins making a Stanley Cup final, but huh. they lose. I think, I think there's going to be a mega deal that changes the – the course of this Bruins season and really solidifies their lineup. I don't know what it's going to be yet. And I have reported many times. I know they want Panarin, but I don't know if that's what it's going to be. But I think Don Sweeney, I just think the pressure, I know he, he doesn't want to veer away from the retool, I guess is what we'll call it now. But I just think that he, he's got pressure from above and always from Neely and Jacobs. And I, I, I think also, and you've written about this, uh, you wrote about it towards the end of last year, um, it's just the, the landscape here with the sports, right? I mean, you've got the Celtics who are being picked to come out of the East by pretty much everybody. Um, you've got the Patriots who are perennial Super Bowl contenders and look to be back on track. I mean, it's only one game, but this is what they do. They, they stink their first four games and then they rip it up. And you got the Red Sox about to potentially go on a World Series run. Um, you know, all that happens, the heat's on Sweeney's. Uh, Don Sweeney's going to have to do something. And I think he does. I, I think he finally swings to the fences and hits one out. And I think the Bruins make the final. But as you said, they're not beating a team with a defense that has Eric Carlson and Brent Burns. And don't forget Justin Braun, Mark Edward Vlasic. And don't forget... The guy they traded back in 2006. Oh, stop. Jumbo Joe Thornton. Clean shaven Jumbo Joe Thornton, by the way. Did you see that? Yes, I did. But do you think that the Bruins finally make a trade? Like, they're, they're so yes, interested. Yes, I do. Not the big I, deal. That, that's what I'm basing my pick on right now. But I'm saying the Sharks over the Bruins in the final. The Sharks remind me so much of the, you know, and I'm you were only about four years old, but you can go back and read about it. The 2003 Anaheim Ducks when they had Niedermeyer and Pronger. And it's like, you know, the twin towers back there, the towers of power, you know, these guys, and I'm going to, I'm going to go back even further to bring in our older crowd here. Their top four could rival. It's obviously not as good and they're not going to win as many cups, but it could be this generation's version of the big four in Montreal. And our old listeners know what I'm talking about there that won so many Stanley cups there. San Jose, Martin Jones. Another ex-Bruin for about, what, 15 minutes? Uh, you know, he's probably one of the most underrated goalies in hockey. I think he goes out and he gets the Vesna trophy this year. Really? You think Martin Jones? I'm, I'm crazy about the Sharks. And it's not – I didn't hang out down in Cape Cod at all this summer, but I'm crazy about the Sharks. Oh, nice. I like that. Nice pun. I like that. Respect, go, my friend. I'm all full of puns here. Uh, but listen, and uh, sleeper team, I already gave it to you. Uh, out of the East, my sleeper would be Florida. If I had to pick a West sleeper, uh, I'll go with the Calgary Flames. 
All right. For the Stanley Cup. Yeah. So my sleeper matchup would be the nightmare of the NHL. Two small markets. Well, the Canadian market's always great to have. Uh, but TV-wise, it would be tough. Calgary and Florida. But I think it's going to be the San Jose Sharks over your Boston Bruins in the Stanley Cup final. That's what mm. we got, my friend. I say Jets over the Tampa Bay Lightning. Ooh. I like your pick better. I really do. I think I'm going to be buying you some, uh, some adult beverages. Uh, well, you're too young to do. But uh, some non-alcoholic beverages. Uh, Age is just a number. <laughs> in a couple of years, I'll buy you those adult ones. But listen, I like our picks there. Uh, and you know what? It's going to be a great year. Obviously, these predictions will mean nothing a few months from now because so many things can happen. And we'll have to redo it when the playoffs start. But, but we're always right. That's how it's looking there. And, you know, as any NHL team is doing right now, uh, you know, it's wide open, right? I mean, everybody's got a clean slate. Who knows what can happen? But that's why we're giving you some of these sleeper picks, these sleeper players. Who knows what will happen? Um, I like the direction of the Bruins, and I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, they probably won't make the cup final. But if even if they don't, Evan, I think – Bruins fans got to be happy right now. You might not be where the Celtics or the Red Sox or the Patriots are yet, but you're getting there. And I, I, I think Don Sweeney deserves a lot of credit. I bashed him a lot when he took over. I bashed him that 2015 draft when he didn't take Barzell uh, or, or Boser. I mean, like, you know, the jury's still out on all that, but he's done a great job since. You got to give credit where it's due. I got to give Cam Neely credit too for taking a step back. Neely was getting too involved with the player personnel. He's taking a step back and he's letting his buddy Donnie do the job. Evan. And you know, the Bruins are headed in the right direction. Exactly. I'm excited for the season. It should be a lot of fun. Make sure to follow along with us. Obviously. I mean, I, I just, I, I'm excited for this season. I hope they get the attention they deserve. We're going to give them the attention they deserve. And uh, it's, I just, I couldn't, I can't contain my excitement for the NHL season. I'll be really honest. Well, you know what? And like every NHL team, the Bruins right now running down a dream. And I say that because uh, it's been one year since Tom Petty left us. And Evan, I know you're not into Tom Petty a little, a little before your time, but I'll get you hooked. The guy was amazing. I'm sure you've been to many places where people cover him. Uh, he was one of my favorites. I know he's my sister's favorite. So we're gonna we're gonna close this show with some Tom Petty running down a dream. Hopefully the Bruins can achieve that dream for all you Bruins fans out there. This has been another edition of the Bruins Beat. He's Evan Marinovsky. I'm Jimmy Murphy on CLNS Media. We'll talk to you next week.